Hi, welcome to my podcast, Talking Travel with Wendy. I travel the globe interviewing really cool people in small hospitality and tourism businesses. Join me each week as I discover and share something or someone new with you. You can find more at www.travelwithwendy.net. And remember, it's always an adventure when you travel with Wendy. Hi, thanks so much for joining us here today on Talking Travel with Wendy. I am here with my new friend, Tom, who is actually in southern in Burgundy, France. Burgundy, France, central, central eastern France. So yeah, right in the middle. Yeah. Can't get more central than Burgundy in France. There you go. But thank you for having me on uh, on your podcast and your vlog. It's fantastic to be here. So Tom Davies is actually the hungry cyclist. That is the name of his chateau bed and breakfast. Do you want to define uh, that? Yeah, it's kind of the name of my alter ego, you know, and and my and my bed and breakfast and a book I wrote. And uh, yeah, it's just you know when I'm feeling like I need to be a superhero. I become the hungry cyclist. Yeah, <laughs> and that that happened. That started many years ago, and I've just kept the name. I like it. It's fun. I like cycling. I like eating, so it seems to work. So, tell me a little bit about that journey, the the cycling journey, how it began, and what you do. So, the, the, the my first big bike trip was really big bike trip was from New York to Rio de Janeiro. It took two and a half years, about twenty thousand kilometers. And it really started with really, yeah, cycle to work, love cycling, would cycle at weekends and stuff like that. And did a cycling trip from London to the south of France and suddenly thought, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. You can, you can just kind of self-propel yourself around the universe. So I quit my job, flew to New York with my bike and spent two and a half years cycling to Brazil. And so I had something to do. I collected recipes along the way. I love eating and anyone who's ridden a bike for a long time knows that you get very very hungry so it seems like a good um good thing to keep me out of trouble well there's definitely like more calories out than in probably right yeah yeah i don't know i, th- I think i probably uh, tested that when you get to like when you get to mexico and fish tacos and all the street food in mexico i think i'm probably the only person who cycled through mexico and put on weights but... so recipes <laughs> grabbing those along the way you must have yeah. recognized the cultural influences the crops that were available for people and making the local favorites. That was probably fascinating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, whether it's the influences on what people eat, whether it's uh, environmental, so it's, you know, weather and what can grow in certain places and put in certain soils, or, you know, certainly found mostly in North America, you know, how uh, immigration over the over the generations has meant that recipes from other parts of the oh, world have just, like, have just like popped up in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. And you're like, what's this recipe doing here? You know, it's because some brave people once upon a time went to start a new life there. And now they now they eat this incredible food and, and it's been a bit mingled with local ingredients. And that's something I found, you know, the whole way the whole way through the trip is how people travel with recipes, you know, and yeah. you know, cooking makes people feel at home. So well, and I remember when Taco Bell first came to America, people were like, that is not real Mexican food. No, that is, that is, and it's, that is still the case. <laughs> well, it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Um, no, I mean, Mexican, <laughs> real, I mean, Mexican cuisine, I'm Mexican home cuisine. You know, people often ask me, I've traveled a bit outside of the Americas as well. They're like, what do you, what is your favorite cuisine? And for me, the Mexican is up there as one of the greatest world cuisines. Oh, um, yeah. I think it's up there with French, with Italian, yeah. with Thai, with Japanese. And it really is a bastion of, of world cuisine because they've just got so many different climates. Uh, they've got they've got the indigenous influence. They've got they've got the well, and everything can grow there. 
everything <laughs> can grow there. Yeah. And then, you know, the Spanish came and you know, the Spanish love eating and, and, you know, then there was indigenous stuff going on. So, I mean, it's just fantastic. And, you know, it's that, and they love to eat Mexicans and they love to share food. And I think that's really important as well. It's Did you awesome. find that in your travels that people were eager to share the recipes? Oh yeah, no, very much. Um, it was kind of one of the other reasons I kind of had needed it, felt I should have a project was like you, I read a lot of cycle touring books before I left and blogs didn't exist in those days. And, and they were just like, it was like, I'm going to cycle from Alaska to the bottom of South America. And they didn't really, and that was, I thought that's great. You know, that's brilliant. There were all sorts of stories and stuff, but there didn't seem to be much like kind of purpose. And I was like, what, what was the time frame? What years did you go? I left in 2000, May 2005, and then okay. finished two and a half years after that. So that's like, what, 2008 or something? But yeah, it was, well, having the food element was lovely, especially when you got into Latin America, because you, you, people are saying, well, what are you doing? And if you say you're oh, I'm riding my bike from New York to Brazil, when you're in America, people just about get that. They think you're crazy, but they can go, oh, yeah, there are crazy people. I get oh, yeah. that. But when you, when you get to like El Salvador, people are like, what are you doing? You go, I'm riding my bike from New York to, to Rio. That's just such a foreign concept. I mean, it's it just doesn't, they don't have the opportunity to do that in, in, in countries like El Salvador. So. You probably got a lot of why. Why are you yeah, doing I got a lot of why. <laughs> I still get a lot of why. <laughs> but by just simply being able to say, I'm collecting recipes. Yeah. Opened so many doors. And that was just, and, and this minute you said that, like, oh, well, we've got this. You know, there's a wedding this weekend or it's my brother's birthday this weekend we're roasting this pig and stuffing it with you know rice yeah it's you like, gotta come you gotta take gotta come and i'm like okay well hang around here for four days sounds fantastic so is is the is your book available yes it is yeah it's called the hungry cyclist and okay. it's available on amazon and all i don't know if you find it in a small independent bookshop but ask them okay so what led you to france uh, what led me to France? So after writing the book about my trip around the Americas, I kind of thought, oh, I'm going to be a travel writer. This is going to be brilliant. And being a travel writer must be brilliant. And it, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't as it well. It kind of so, is, but it doesn't really pay. I really want to yeah, tell people that. Oh, it's so had, fantastic. Yeah, I thought I had these visions of like sitting in, you know, kind of exotic locations under a whirring ceiling fan with a typewriter. Yeah. Smoking, smoking cigarettes and, you know. <laughs> That kind of thing that but that's not what it is it's, it's quite monastic and you know you're having to sell stories and, and get into places so i figured out i didn't want to be a travel writer and then really had a good think and thought well one thing i love is hospitality and cooking and yeah i'd always thought running a, a place for people who love food and cycling and wine would be really fun so i thought well i need to learn how to run cycling holidays so i worked for an american cycling tour company okay for three years and they set me up all over Europe and I'd run cycling holidays all over Europe. Okay. And it was then that I discovered Burgundy and was like, wow, this place is pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. They've got a good quality of life here. One of my um, favorites. It's, it's a good place. If, if you're into, you know, French living and food and wine and just rolling countryside. And just that area of France, well, I, I went so many times. The Burgundy people are really um, warm and friendly, and yeah. so is the cuisine. It's the cuisine is hearty, and sure. uh, I found just a little bit different than other parts of France. Yeah, I, I think it's it's um, yeah, it's it's a very old-fashioned, hearty like sit around the table. You know, if you go for lunch in Burgundy, you're there 
till midnight oh yeah you know and it's and that and it's and you know to start with that used to freak me out I used to be like oh my god I've got things to do and then I was like no you don't <laughs> just sit down and have lunch for six hours it's brilliant so yeah the food is very hearty it's it's very traditional it goes with the wine like yeah the, the food matches the wine and the wine matches the food I love the podcasting community Last year, I had the opportunity to meet Felice and Peter Hardy of Action Pack Travel Podcast. Recently, I heard their interview with Tom, and they hooked us up. So I asked them to join us here for a few minutes. It's all about connection. So thank you so much, Felice Hardy, who has joined us today. Felice actually introduced me to Tom. So thank you very much, Felice. Thank you, Felice. You can listen to their podcast as well. And you want to talk about that, Felice, just for a little bit? Um, yeah, I have a podcast called Action Packed Travel, and it's uh, we've just done our 50th episode, and it's just about people who've had exciting adventures doing different things around the world, which is where Tom comes in. And Tom was actually introduced to us by another cyclist before that, so it sort of goes on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mad cyclists. I love cyclists this community, community. Yeah. because we're all like, yeah, I'll give you a shout out. I'll help you here. I'll... I'll, uh, I'll connect you and uh, I'm so glad that you did. <laughs> well, we're having, it. we're having a great chat. How, how are you, Felice? Everything well in, back in England? Uh, yes, I had my um, first jab yesterday. Oh, congratulations. So I'm feeling, actually, I'm feeling a bit funny, a bit yucky. Oh dear. <laughs> About one in 10 people have a reaction to it. So like a headache, I can say it. So here's Peter. Hello, Peter. Hi, Hi, how are you? How are you? How are you doing? So glad you could join us today. I'm so happy that you're here. And yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm also happy that you got your jabs. We have three out of the five in my family jabbed up. Oh, really? Oh, it's very important. Peter, Peter had no reaction at all. He's no, had, no, 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 he no. had his um, a month, more than a month ago. Yeah, I had the yeah. uh, Pfizer one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. 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 You both look good on the jabs. Yeah, it's slower in France, huh? But we are a bit slow in France. Yeah, it's it's the two-hour lunch break, you know. (laughs) Everyone's like jab. No, we've got to have lunch for two hours, so then you you don't get jabbed. (laughs) That's uh, that's what it is, I think. Yeah. How you doing? How's it going? Yeah, it's very good. Very quiet. Very quiet because of obviously the global pandemic. But uh, no, the weather's changing, which is wonderful, and spring is in the air, and yeah. Out, out in the garden a lot, planting a few early things, pruning lots of things. Just been pruning the vines this afternoon, which is fun. So, well, we still we do intend to come and see you at some point. Oh, yeah. You will be we incredibly have, welcome. We have some friends who listen to the podcast episode. French friends. French. No, no. These are. This was Nick in oh, Yorkshire. Okay. Yorkshire okay. friends, Ooh, and oh, they love, they love the idea of what you do, and they oh, fantastic. Um, when there's travel again, hope you know they'll get in touch. Brilliant. Oh, I look forward to it. You must come. It'll be, uh, we'll have uh, we'll <laughs> lots of talk about, lots of cycling. It'll be great fun. Yeah, yeah. And you, and, and you as well, Wendy. You have to come. Oh, I am so excited to bring a group. And I yeah. actually have, there's, it's a huge cycling community where I live in North Alabama. And they like cycling and wine. So how perfect is that? They must be crazy. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. You can't go wrong. And a bit of cheese. Yeah. Yeah. You burn that off, though, when you're biking. <laughs> yeah. yeah most of it <laughs> yeah. yeah very good very good uh, that would be lovely to have as many we could do a live podcast out here that would be good oh that would be so fun 
Yeah. It would be good. Yeah. 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 It'd be great yeah. if we could coordinate it all together. Yeah, because yeah. we've never, we've never met Wendy either, so it's all just through all just through uh, modern yeah. technology. Yeah. 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 What are you working on right now for your podcast? I'm doing one for tomorrow, which is about a, a international fashion photographer who's also a trapeze artist, a uh, stunt woman. Cool. She's pretty pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds it. <laughs> so she's a fa fashion photographer and a trapeze artist. And yes. a lot of other things. She she oh, she wow. is a distiller. She makes her own cider brandy. Okay. And, uh, a lot of other things. She's a microlight pilot. Sounds like a dream dream woman. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> gonna be a good podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> tuning in for that one. Yeah. yeah, but we ought to let you two get on with your yeah, interview. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, cool. Thank you so much for stopping by, and I look forward to catching up again. And we hope we speak to you very soon. Meet again, but meet in person. Yes, in, in reality. Yeah, yeah. I am so ready. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah. And Tom, will see you, Tom will see you in France. I very much look forward to it. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Felice. Bye. 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 It was nice of them to stop by. That was brilliant. Nice one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Back to the hungry cyclist. Back to um, it. Where were we? Okay. So tell me a little bit. We started. How how did you get to France mm. and Bone? That yeah. the story there. A little bit about your place. After deciding that Burgundy was a really a place to set up uh, cycling, food, kind of accommodation, I I started looking for property and found an abandoned watermill. Okay. In a, in a village called Oxydores, which is about 10 minutes from Bone. And uh, yeah, it's a winemaking village and found this old building and it was abandoned and needed a serious amount of work, but I was feeling kind of out of options and uh, yeah, bought it. <laughs> Quit a flat in London for an old watermill in Burgundy. And yeah, I've spent the last eight years doing it up and now it's uh, five ensuite double rooms, a cottage, got about four or 5,000 square meters of garden. Oh, yay. Swimming pool, got a little vineyard, vegetable patch, orchards, chickens. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's my idea of paradise. And I'm so looking forward to checking out. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's lovely. It's just a, a wonderful base where you can sleep well. Have a nice breakfast, go biking all day, taste some of the best wine. And you organise that. You organise yeah, that. Yeah, we do. We, we organise the bicycle hire. Uh, we have an app where we can, if you want to be autonomous, oh, just go off by yourself. Um, using an app called Ride with GPS, we have like a, you can customise your own app with them. And that just allows people, they, they, they download it over breakfast. I give them some routes and then they come back in time for dinner. And uh, yeah, it's and, fantastic. And you also organize yeah. wine tastings? We do, yeah. Well, I mean, I know lots of, Burgundy is a very small area really. And so having lived here for eight years, I know a lot of the wine makers. And yeah, we can organize kind of wine tastings to suit every level. You know, it's um, so kind of winemaking, it's, it's a bit like kind of jazz, you know, you can, it's kind of, you kind of want to, you don't want to go in with the kind of weird, wacky alternative jazz you want to start <laughs> Um, you know, if, you, if you've never been to Burgundy before, you kind of don't want to go right in at the top. You want to work your way through. And, you know, that's the beauty of it. You're always learning. You're always picking stuff up. And I kind of think that part of our job is to introduce people to the wine um, 
so it's something they can continue to enjoy not just while they're here but take something home with them oh absolutely next time they're in a restaurant back in wherever they are in the world go oh yeah i can't remember i remember that village i remember tom talking about you know the terroir and the minerality of that wine and so let's order that and okay that's interesting what i want yeah i want people to take away a bit of the kind of culture that we have and it my memories are that again it pairs so well with the cuisine from that region it does yeah 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 i mean it, the cooking here is it's not elaborate it's it's not kind of it's 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 not fancy it's just really good and the kind of i think the ethos of a, a winemaker in burgundy mirrors in the kitchen which is really make the very best product you can and then don't do that much with it right, right. Nature, nature will allow it to be good you know if you you know, the wine here is, they just grow great grapes and then they vinify them very carefully, but they're not adding stuff. They're not mixing anything. You know, it really is a represent representation of the flavor of the soil. And it's the same with the food. You know, they have the best chickens, the poulet de bresse. They have the charolais beef. Um, you know, they've got great cheeses. And they're, they're just really, it's just a great skill of making a good product and then not messing it up. Sure. You know. Now, I, I remember studying a little bit about Pinot Noir from Lyon. Yeah, like yeah. That, that grape in particular is from there. <laughs> like yeah, so yeah, Pinot Noir is the origin of it. So it's really, we're about an hour, we're about 150 kilometers north of Lyon. Okay. And all, all the red wine here is Pinot Noir. There's a couple of exceptions. And all the white wine is Chardonnay. Again, there are a couple of exceptions. But yeah, really, Pinot Noir is what Burgundy is absolutely famous for. So yeah. I think it did come out of a village in around Lyon. So I think you're correct. I'm not sure. There's not, a lot of people claim it, you know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, for me personally, Pinot Noir is the most elegant, great yes. variety for red wine. Um, it, I can handle it really well. Like, <laughs> if, I, if I drink like three glasses of Bordeaux, I'm asleep, but uh, I can drink three bottles of Pinot Noir. And I'm still still chatting. So that's I still have to try that region. So Bordeaux, yeah, it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it's really lovely. But the wine's heavy, and you know, I, I prefer here. We're a bit colder. The yeah. climate's a little bit colder. It's the continental climate, so the the wine is a bit fresher. There's less sunshine, so less sugars, less alcohol. You can kind of have every day, like with with everyday meals from the cuisine. For sure, yeah, yeah, really? absolutely. No, it pairs really well. It's uh, I've often wondered why kind of like, if you, if you go to any old winemaking region in Europe, the food goes really well with that wine. <laughs> yeah, and I've always wondered like how why is that? And, I, and, and, and it's really simple. It's really simple. It's just well, that's what they grow there, so they made a wine to go with the whatever they grow there. Right. I just find I, I, I'd love to write a book about that one day. I think there's something like why does why does yeah. Riesling go really well with choucroute? Like, and, and you're right. like, but, it, but you wouldn't drink anything else with it, and it, and and you could drink other things with it, and you know there aren't strict laws, but the best thing is, is that, and you know, why do certain things go with the, that local thing? And I think a lot of it's placebo effect, but I think a lot yeah, of yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, not most things. Oh, just life is just no. a placebo effect. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so day trips. You know, in and from us, we're really well situated in you know the centre of Burgundy and the centre of the Burgundy wine region. As I mentioned, we're ten minutes from Bone, but you know, you can also be a, a half an hour train ride to Dijon, which is the capital of Burgundy, with great you know museums, great markets. Um, great, great Michelin-starred restaurants, and you know, some people, if they're brave enough, they cycle there for the day, and you can then just take the train back to Merceau, 
um, which is a nice way if you have a good lunch. Or you can, you know, you can just take the train and walk around. It's a lovely city. The old sense is great to access on foot. Um, and yeah, also, I mean, just to cut, you know, the, the, the countryside away from the winemaking countryside is beautiful. We've got a lot of history here. Uh, Vézelay is not far away, which was mm-hmm. the, the kind of um, com- uh, Santiago de Compostel starting point. So very kind of religious and uh, part of the monastic dynasty that was here after the Romans. And then we've got a lot of pre kind of Gallo-Roman and Gallo historic sites here as well. So, you know, for history, history nerds, we've got a lot going on for people who are into food. We've got a lot going on for wine and, you know, just beautiful, calm countryside. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, one thing I play, I play, I play so I've, I, play, I sing in a rock band. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> sing in a rock band in the village. Um, there you go rock and do that rock and roll and because the village we live in is called the ox is called oxy duress okay and there's a group of us who are here we have a our lead guitarist is uh, from pennsylvania our bassist is from Boston. what part of pennsylvania uh i want to say philadelphia is that okay. right philadelphia i got married right outside of hershey so okay oh cool well, he's he's we were i was we were we were practicing the other night talking about philly cheesesteaks mm. Well, he was talking about Philly cheesesteaks. I was like, Did he prepare them for you? No, he's going to. He's going to. We'd already eaten quite a lot before that. <laughs> so it kind of wasn't appropriate. Um, so yeah, our, our lead guitarist is from is from Philadelphia. Our bassist is from Boston. Our drummer is English, and our pianist is from North Carolina. Okay. Uh, because we all live in this little village of, of three hundred people, uh, we're all. And you have three Americans and <laughs> two English. It's really weird. Uh, and because our village is called Oxy Duress, we've called ourselves the Oxymorons. Oh, I love it. There you go. And, uh, and we, we just, and we just, yeah, we stop. We write a few songs and we play really bad covers. <laughs> Middle-aged rock and roll, but we have a great time and we make wine. So we drink a lot. Yeah. It's very, it's very rock and roll. Yeah. There you go. In France. In France, in the, in France, and yeah, we play at the, we play at village parties and and people's birthdays, and we have fun and feel a bit important. Uh, okay, so how can people find you, Tom? So to find us, we have uh, online presence is our main our main kind of way of publicizing what we do. Uh, we have a website which is thehungrycyclist.com. Okay. Uh, and then also on Instagram, uh, Hungry Cyclist, and yeah, Twitter, Facebook, all yeah. Facebook, all that kind of stuff. But there are, yeah, go, if you go to the website, you can see photos. We have a blog that we add to occasionally uh, with recipes and you know what's going on here. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, really, and have a look at the website. And if you like what you see, you have to you know give. It are you some. because of COVID? Are you taking reservations now? And yeah, yeah we're taking reservations. It's just just hard to know what people guests are going to be able to commit to we're, we're, we're we we are dying to see people here to be honest um it's uh, it's it's been a slow time but you know it's hard for everyone um but you know we're taking reservations and you know if people turn up we'll show them a good time and if they cancel we'll wait to game so but we we do tabla dot here so i love to cook which is strange for an englishman but uh we have our vegetable patch and our orchards and our chickens and I try and cook dinner here three times a week okay. for guests and we serve the wine that we make. We serve my parents-in-law's wine and wines that 
you know, I like and that friends of mine make. And yeah, we cook. Yeah, we do dinner here six, uh, three times a week. And, you know, that, that's so it doesn't matter that the restaurants are closed. We can we can look after you. What are we waiting for COVID to finish? And yeah, really, I think we're looking here with what's going on with the, the pandemic. 2022 is really when things are going to get back to normal for us. Um, so really, you know, if, if, if you're looking to get away from wherever you're listening to this podcast from, we are more than welcome to host. We're more than ready to, to host you here, and it would be lovely. We, I mean, one of the benefits of this job, having travelled a lot, is that now people come here from all over the world, and you just get to sit around a table with a glass of wine and and talk to people, and and you kind of get to travel without going anywhere. Although I love to travel as well, still. So yeah, really, you know, if you're listening to this and what we do sounds interesting and fun, please have a look at the website, drop us an email, and we'll see what we can work out. Are you able to make a reservation a year out? Oh, yeah. I've got people booking for okay. 2023. Uh, yeah, you can really feel that people want to travel again and people want to just... So a- ready. Yeah, it's so ready. And I get it. And yeah, I think the people here are ready to host again. You know, it's, uh, if you work in tourism, it's not an easy time. And people forget it's not just about, it's not just about paying the bills. It's, if you work in hospitality... You, you you do it because you like working with people hopefully right. um and yeah if you don't have that human contact of sharing where you live and what you do and, and, and kind of performing whether it's cooking or serving wine or telling about the history or the you know the wine making if you're not doing that i'd much you, rather be doing this in person oh god yeah so would i yeah we will <laughs> we will we will we will definitely no i look forward to it well, Tom, thank you so much for joining me here today on Talking Travel Wendy. with Wendy and being my guest. I so enjoyed it, and I look forward to doing the next one in person. Brilliant. Thank you very much for having me, and uh, best wishes to all your listeners. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast today, and thanks to Tom Davies, The Hungry Cyclist. My channel helps support small businesses and share authentic experiences from around the globe. Want to support my channel or become a partner? Check out the links below in the description, or you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram too. And remember, it's always an adventure when you travel with Wendy.